You're listening to Sports Star Podcasts. In this brand new series where we revisit some of India's most cherished cricketing victories, we start at the country's first ever win in test cricket. In this episode, we go back 70 years to a historic moment at the MH Chidambaram Stadium in Chennai, where after 20 years and 24 test matches, Vijay Hazare captained India to its first win in the format, beating England on February 10th, 1952. Coimbatore Rao Doraikanna Gopinath is the only surviving member of that Indian side and he sat down for a freewheeling chat with sports star's Ayan Acharya taking us back in time to his own challenges in making it to the Indian test team that memorable win and how Indian cricket itself changed thereafter I'd like to begin this interview on a slightly retrospective note it's been Seven decades now since India beat England yeah, uh, here at yeah. Jaipur. Indian cricket, as we know it, has uh, made giant strides since then, both on and off the field. So, if you were to assess the achievement of you and your team in '52 through the prism of Indian cricket now, how would you do that? I, I would. Um, I would uh, put it this way. Um, um, when we went into a test match at, at, in those days um, we even as players didn't have a great expectation about how we were going to fare in the sense uh, we would quite often say if we can draw the match here it's great for us uh, because we are de- we were at that time definitely underdogs and uh, we didn't have the confidence or the courage to say we will beat these people and particularly england because uh, they were uh, they were um, uh, i mean they they played 100 years before that yeah. and uh, they knew the game they knew the uh, way it's played for us okay we had learned from them when they came in but the big difference is uh, in 52 when we won that match even to us it was a great surprise and therefore it was so much um, uh, uh, we were so excited and happy that we achieved something and probably for the first time we said yeah we can beat another team another team that's stronger than us um, so there was a new way of thinking um, in this connection i tell you some time ago this is a few years ago 7 or 8 years ago uh, somebody from england rang me up from there and they wanted to uh, come here bring a team from there and do a documentary or uh, this thing uh, movie sort of documentary yeah. of that test match okay. so i said i said uh, i mean surely you're not going to come here to do one test match yeah. i mean uh, either a series or a they said no 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 i said what is what is your they said no we regard this match as the turning point of indian cricket history yeah. that's the way they put it to me and so for us that is the turning point yeah. and so we wanted to do that particular test and in fact uh, in a rather uh, amusing note i i said who are the others you're going to interview they said no there's nobody else left uh, from that team so you're the only one 
oh, I said, in that case, it's great because I can say anything I want. There'll be no contradictions on whatever I say. Anyway, um, so what I'm saying is, uh, as they put it, which I didn't think of at the time, they considered that as the turning point of uh, Indian cricket. Because, and frankly, I think it was because for us to sense a feeling that we can beat somebody like England uh, was a great feeling of confidence and uh, feeling saying, yeah, we can also do this. Up to then, uh, wherever we went, wherever we played, we were, okay, we started the match, we walked into the game as a losing side. And um, uh, that, is, that is one thing. Um, the other, other thing was what is compared to now and then is uh, if, you, if you look at it honestly, um, uh, in those days, in my time and before my time and so on, uh, we had great cricketers. But frankly, from what I've gathered from older cricketers like Lala Manath and various people, was we never played as a team. We were, okay, look at it in one way, we, uh, our country um, comprises of, uh, uh, in the old days before the British came in, several, several smaller uh, pockets. And uh, for instance, you tell me, what is common between uh, a man from Punjab and a man from Kerala? Nothing. Yeah. He doesn't wear the same kind of dress. He doesn't uh, have the same kind of food. He doesn't uh, speak the same language. Um, he doesn't even think on the same kind of lines. So we were like a, uh, you know, we could never imagine that this is our country. I mean, this was virtually brought in at a later date. Yeah. And frankly, uh, after our independence, 47, even when I went, when we played this 52 and all that, it was very difficult for anybody to, we always had our uh, parochial, um, uh, you know, in fact, uh, I used to be called a madrasi, almost contentious, you know. Uh, like saying, why, why are you playing cricket? I mean, it's not, your, you know. So, what I'm saying is, um, there was a bar, and it was only about five years after we got independence, yeah. Yeah. and we didn't get together as a team and as a side or, or the, as a country. Yeah. So, it was a big difference. What I love to see now is that we play as a country. Um, okay. In many areas of uh, business or uh, various other things, we are still uh, divided. And um, but but luckily, I would say, sport seems to have brought us together. And uh, today, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could not imagine that in in the 50s or early 60s, somebody like Dhoni can come into the picture and captain this country. It was, it was unimaginable. But now we have done this and we, every nook and corner of India, 
no matter which strata of society they come from, they are there. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw this last test match in, uh, in, uh, uh, in Australia. I mean, boys from little village in Tamil Nadu, a chap from Hyderabad, unknown, different strata in life, all together. So we have, at least in sport, we have grown into one country, which is a great sense of, uh, I think I'm so glad about it. Because, as I said, uh, we, in the past, we went, we, you know, we, 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 we had lovely cricketers, we had great, uh, you see, we were naturally uh, 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 quick on our feet, um, unlike, uh, unlike the English. Yeah. English was slow. Uh, we were quick on our feet. We had enough uh, up here, yeah. grey matter, to be able to cope with things and so on. Uh, but we never played together. Yeah. That was our biggest bane. And in fact, I can tell you, when I went to England in 52, um, I, was, we were, I was one of 16. Okay. And uh, I was uh, 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 the only chap in the team who did not speak Hindi. Okay. I didn't know a word of Hindi. And uh, it was a big handicap because you, you went to England, you met, we spent six months there. Um, and uh, I was almost sort of told in no uncertain terms, you, you better learn Hindi. And now sometimes I think about it and I laugh about it. I refuse at that time. I said, I have no intention of learning this language. And we are still politically fighting the same battle today after 70 years. Uh, <laughs> you know, so what I'm saying is, we, we were we were a different people picked up from there. Go as a team. Yeah. We're not a team. Um, and uh, uh, particularly South India was in a bad position where that was concerned. Okay, um, that's the way life is, and that's the way the country evoked, and uh, it took a long time. But I'm so glad that before even the political or the systems or the language of people, in sport at least, we, we have come together. Today I would strongly say we are one team, we are one country, uh, which I couldn't say at the time I was playing. So I think it's a great sense of achievement even from a national point of view. You made a very pertinent point about uh, you know not playing as a team back then. Uh, there's this perception of cricket of sport for that matter, being a great unifier, bringing all state of the society together uh, from every nook and corner as you correctly pointed out. Uh, I'm curious to know what was the response of the country to this uh, win? And I, I'm going backwards here, we will talk about the match, but how did the country respond to this win? Did you feel that the nation was unified because it was significant on two accounts, as you mentioned, five years after independence, and we had beaten our colonial oppressors, so to speak. Yeah, it, 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 it was, well, uh, as a nation itself, uh, we, could, we could only think in terms of uh, our state, Tamils were Tamils. Yeah. They wanted Tamil people. Okay. Uh, uh, Maharashtra wanted Maharashtrians. Mm. And, uh, uh, Maharashtra was the uh, dominating state at that time, and if they could have all eleven from there, they would be very would have been very happy. So, uh, but the nation uh, was aware of this. Um, uh, in fact, 
since you raised this question, um, uh, the first time uh, I got picked to, I played an unofficial test in Kanpur uh, against the second Commonwealth team. And um, uh, I was nowhere uh, in the picture at the time. I got picked for the All India University, Combined Universities, to play the visiting uh, Commonwealth team in Calcutta. Uh, I made 93 runs there. Then they came to Chennai, Madras at that time. Those days they, they played Governor's Eleven. So I made 85 runs. I was not in the test reckoning. And a lot of scribes, a lot of press report journals who traveled with the team who came from England, uh, including the manager of the team, uh, George Duckworth. In fact, he was writing for the Sporting Pastor at that time, a weekly column and all that. Um, uh, in fact, uh, he had written, I mean, it was the headlines in the uh, Sporting Pastor, after watching me in Calcutta and Madras, the best exponent of the square cut in India, is what George Duckworth had written, uh, because I got a lot of runs off uh, that. Now, um, so, um, it, it was a, and I, I was not in the test team. And there were a lot of write-ups and saying he's India's uh, standards and he should be in the test side. And why I'm saying this is one uh, English uh, journalist wrote and said, um, uh, we understand that so long as it is in Madras, he won't get a chance to play for India. We would suggest that he moves to Bombay to get picked for India. I mean, so you can imagine how the perception was that unless you lived there, you're not going to get a fair uh, trial or fair uh, pick. So, and this was, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was not a secret, it was open, everybody said, um, no, no, no. In fact, some friends of mine said, why don't you move to Bombay? But then you say, okay, everything at that time, uh, um, uh, I mean, I had done my graduation, my master's. Cricket was not everything for me. Um, uh, cricket was a sport for me. I enjoyed playing. I loved playing the game. And uh, I played for sport. So I was going to shift myself somewhere just to get picked for, uh, you know. It. So with all that pressure, I got picked for the last test in Kanpur. Okay. Yeah. There also, I did quite well. Mind you, every one of these matches, I was number eight. Uh, and in, in Kanpur, in the test match, I got a 66 not out. I had a, uh, a partnership with Mushtaq Ali. And, uh, but then, you see, when you're batting at number eight, there are only two situations that are facing you. One is 350 runs for six, in which case, declaration is around the corner and what you are going to do like what happened in, in Madras at the time in this test that we, uh, so you have to get on with it and in any case you are batting with number 9 and number 10 and number 11 so you haven't got much of a hope or uh, the side has collapsed and you are 134 6 and you are struggling to just keep keep the inning going again with tail enders so I, I, uh, that test match in Kanpur, I got 66 not out. So I'd virtually, um, in fact, frankly, if you ask me, 
uh, up to that time, uh, in my own mind, um, uh, how do you play the international bowlers and all that sort of thing? The first time it dawned on me, yeah, I can handle this. Okay, there's Sunny Ramadan, who was a mystery bowler from West Indies. Um, there was Frank Worrell and various people. Um, so it, it was a it was a matter of you know um, where you came from, and uh, uh, from that point of view, today we are in a great situation where we, uh, at least in sport, at least in cricket, we play as a national side. And we are proud of playing for India. So that's that's my comment on that. But moving on to the 1952 test match, uh, what's and it's it's been talked about every year. It's been as uh, I mentioned earlier, almost 70 years now. So uh, first things first, do you still get nostalgic and euphoric around the anniversary, or after all this while, is it a day that sort of you know comes and goes? No, I I I. I I, I, I can I remember this test all the time because uh, yeah, uh, as I say um, uh, on the last day uh, I took the last catch near the boundary line just in front of the MCC pavilion uh, which brought us victory uh, to me I, I say to me um, I'm so grateful that I had this opportunity to do that. And uh, again, um, I mean, the first test victory and to be part of that, whether you played a bigger role or a smaller role or whatever you did, uh, I, I mean, it's something I, I can, I, I would consider my highlight sort of thing. Not that I scored a lot of runs, but uh, uh, just to participate in it was a great feeling. and. I've got pictures of all, uh, you know, a lot of this um, in my Kunu house. And uh, every time I see, I, th I think, oh my God, that test, you know. So, uh, it's, it's heartwarming. Uh, I was, uh, while researching for this particular interview, I came upon this trivia about you being the youngest member of that squad. Is, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, think yeah. right. so, so I think you are so right. I think you are right. These days, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about dressing room atmosphere and the camaraderie between senior guys and the, the junior guys. So, uh, what was it like for you to, you know, share the dressing room with the likes of, say, Lala Mannath and Vinu Mankar? I mean, for me, people like Lala Mannath and uh, uh, Bushta Kali were like idols, um, you know, that you only watched on uh, uh, from far away and you only heard about their achievements on the radio. Well, we didn't have television yeah. at that time. Uh, to me, they were like semi-gods, I mean, you know. And to be honest, um, I've been very lucky. Uh, I, I never, um, uh, from the time I started playing cricket, I never at any point of time said, I want to play for India. Mm. That thought didn't even enter my head. Mm. I played cricket because I enjoyed that game. Um, uh, a lot of people don't believe it. I never played cricket till I was 17. Uh, I played hockey, I played football, I played tennis. I never played cricket. Uh, it's a kind of a strange um, thing that happened. I joined Madras Christian College in Tamaram. I was a boarding, uh, I was in boarding there. 
I, they, they have a halls, and I was in one of the halls. And I, I was playing tennis those days. I was playing tennis for the college. And early when I joined as a junior, uh, I joined the BSc in physics. Um, it just so happened, uh, all the college team cricketers, including the captain, were all in my hall. And um, one day, fairly the beginning of the season, the captain said to me, uh, come to the nets this evening. I said, for what? He said, to the cricket nets. I said, I can't play cricket. I, I've never played cricket. I, I'm not going to... No, 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 you come. Of course, those days in boarding places and all that, if a senior tells you, you jolly well do it. Otherwise, you are in trouble. So I went to the nets. Uh, they put on gloves for me, put on pads for me. I knew the game. I used to follow the game. I understood the game. They used to put me behind the wickets and say, you stop every ball that passes the batsman. That's how I started when I was 17. And uh, it just so happened. I, I didn't get picked because I was good enough. I got picked because the whole college didn't have another wicketkeeper. There was nobody to keep wickets. So they had to find some guy who would be willing to do this. So that's what I did. And um, uh, those days we played intercollegiate matches among all the colleges in Chennai. Um, one or two matches, uh, the opening batsman was failing very badly. They were making zero and single-digit scores. So the third match, the captain said, you go opening. I said, look, I'm terrified. I don't know how to play the old ball. How am I going to play the handle the new ball? I, 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 I can't. I've never tried. I've never... No, no, no. You put on pads, you go, you go opening. I said, luck could have it. I made some 70 runs. Don't ask me how I made, because I didn't know the basics, I didn't know, uh, I don't think those, at that time I uh, was uh, understood the basics, the fundamental things that you had to do. Because probably I had good eyesight and fairly quick reflexes, I managed to good. And uh, so I was next match again opening batsman. I scored another 60 runs and I became college opening batsman. That, that's how I entered cricket, so I, I was not, I was not, uh, and uh, to be honest, as I said, I, I, I didn't have a goal, or I didn't say, like today you would say, I want to play for India, I want to do this. I didn't have such a goal, because uh, at that time, uh, you wanted to play sport. I played hockey in school, football in school, I played cricket, and cricket was a fascinating game, I played cricket. And that's how I got into the cricket side. And a lot of people don't believe that um, uh, I, I played my first test match when I was 20. I started at 17. And I, I myself don't know. But in the, in the interim, I got coached by um, uh, uh, an Englishman from Sussex, uh, Bert Wensley. Uh, but I made a lot of runs. They sent me, selected me for being coached. And uh, I would go from the college. I used to get permission to uh, uh, be absent for the last uh, uh, class. I would put on my cricket boots in Thambram and go up to the station, go by train to Egmore, get off the train and take a bus to BS Nets in Chepak, where Bert Wensley was a coach. He taught me how to play cricket. Till then, I was scoring runs, I did, 
I was even picked for the Chennai Madras University. I played against Sri Lanka. I made 90 odd runs. I was scoring runs, but nothing, not in the right, correct way, not technically sound. He put me into a situation. He taught me how to play cricket, and then I was able to, with the other knowledge and with he teaching me how to play cricket, I learned how to play cricket. It was. So as I say, I I I didn't I didn't have a name. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a. I kept playing, and because I kept scoring, I got picked various places. That's all. It's it's fascinating the the journey that you just mentioned in terms of you know not just how you started playing, but the the whole process of strapping up your boots, taking a train to chip off, and getting trained there. And that's you know for those who follow the sport, that's. That's part of the romance of cricket, so to speak, right? The journey of a player, the journey of a team. So, uh, and ergo, uh, how would you describe Chennai's evolution or Madras then, as as a host city? Uh, because a few matches that were played at the Corporation Ground too, Chepok then came along. Today, cricket discussions revolve around Chepok. So, how have you seen this city and the sport grow? Yeah. Now, I would say. Um, yeah. In later on, after I words, I was a uh, 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 member of uh, the MCC. I was secretary of the club for I don't know how many years, five, six, seven years. I was president of the club also. So, and I played every Sunday. I played there, so I know the ground very well. And uh, I would say it was one of the best grounds to play for both the bowler and the batsman. It was. It was a. Uh, it, it gave an opportunity for both to do well, and um, and as far as the Chennai spectator was concerned, yeah. he was the most knowledgeable yeah. spectator in the country. Yeah, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is this is a, a, an oft-used phrase, the knowledgeable Chennai crowd. And uh, you know, for those of us who've grown up watching cricket in the 90s, uh, we hear about uh, the spectators here cheering the Pakistan team for you know their good quality of cricket. So. Has 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 it always been the case throughout the 50s and 60s? It's always been the case. The whole country knew that when you go to Chennai, you know, one the Chennai spectator understood the game, not many others. Why is that though? Why do you think? I don't know. I I I don't know what it is. Whether even even at those days the home of cricket was Bombay. Yeah. But I I. Uh, I wouldn't uh, put them ahead of Chennai as far as understanding and appreciating the game. Um, uh, the Chennai spectator knew if you if you uh, defended for four overs, he won't boo you because he knows and he understands why you're doing that. Not many places can uh, boast of that kind of understanding of the game. Uh, uh, the people of uh, Chennai. It's it's you can ask any cricketer over the last 50 years he'll tell you Chennai spectator is the most person who knows understands and appreciates the game. Plus, probably another reason would be that you know I would somebody would say I'm being very parochial, but Tamil Nadu the person in Tamil Nadu is a very hospitable chap. Um, he appreciates something good from anybody. He doesn't say, "I want only a 
a local guy to score. I mean, he will appreciate anybody if the performance is good, he understands the performance, and he will openly uh, 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 show his appreciation for something that is good. Another uh, uh, city that will come somewhere nearby is Calcutta. The Bengali spectator uh, loves the game, uh, appreciates the game, and would appreciate a performance by anybody in the country without feeling he's a Bengali or he's an owner. Yeah. But I won't say the same thing for many other parts of the country. Okay. You but, but the, and I, I'm a Bengali, so I'm curious to you know this. Uh, will a Bengali crowd come close to the knowledgeable Chennai crowd or does Chennai still make the crowd? I, I would say, uh, I would say, understanding of the game Chennai crowd is, uh, okay. yeah. But what I'm trying to say is the Bengali uh, people that I've uh, come across, uh, they, uh, they, are, they, they don't care where you come from. If they see some good performance, whether it's cricket, it's music or uh, uh, art or whatever it is, they appreciate it. They don't say, oh, you, you're not a local person, therefore uh, they understand. Yeah. But the rest of the country, I wouldn't take, I mean, um, uh, if I were to score 100 in any other part of the country, I get a very reluctant approach. Okay. Right. But Calcutta, I love playing in Calcutta. One is Eden Gardens, beautiful ground, and uh, I've made runs there. So the first match, as I told you, I played there for the combined universe, made 93. After that, a Calcutta spectator, I could do anything. Yeah. But I was their darling. Yeah. You know, I could do anything. I could get out first ball, they would still uh, support me. Because of that one unique first first test I played, I played my uh, uh, not first test. I played the combined. I played other tests, and I played my last test yeah. in Calcutta against the Australians. Mm. Uh, they are also okay under difficult conditions. Uh, I top scored with uh, 40 runs or something in a total of 130 or something like that. But Calcutta, uh, uh, I love to play in Calcutta uh, because. They were, they were very hospitable, very understanding, and very appreciative. And I would say, um, uh, uh, but as far as the knowledge of the game, I don't know how or why, yeah. whether uh, I would say Madras uh, was the, and every, even, the, even the foreign visiting teams who understood that, knew about that. Yeah. Yeah, that shall remain a mystery, I guess. But, right, so uh, I couldn't help but notice that you've been belting out numbers throughout the interview, you know, about your, your last test, your, your scores. What, how do you remember? Because a lot of people, they don't remember the, you know, the exact figures and it's, it's been a while since you've you know, stopped playing. So what is it? Do you, do you still read about your performances? Or? Not really. Um, some of the, these things appear to stay in my head. I mean, um, not that I uh, look it up or anything like that. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to say exactly this score or that score, but by and large, I'll, I rem and uh, uh, to me, all these things when I talk about it, I almost live in that at that time. It comes back, and it comes back. What happens? Why? What happened? Uh, sometimes great sense of glee, sometimes bit sorry, sometimes you know. Um, uh, but I just just it just is in my head. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, Mind you, a lot of uh, other things that, uh, that I shouldn't be having in my head doesn't go off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, going back to the 15 test match here, apart from you taking the winning catch in India beating England, is there any particular uh, moment, anecdote that stayed with you that sort of, you know, continues to move you? Uh, yes. Uh, we batted first yeah. and we, I think we made some 400, 400 and something runs. Uh, I was number eight and um, uh, as I, just before, by the time I went, we were about 330 or something like that. Um, uh, when I went in, uh, the captain very clearly told me that um, I'm planning to uh, declare soon. Go there and score as fast as you can. That was my uh, direction, uh, uh, instructions, was to go and get on with it and score as many runs as possible because I'm going to declare very soon. Uh, so when I went in, uh, Umbriga was batting. Uh, we both, I, so I, I went in, um, started um, uh, trying to really force the pace. And uh, by, when I got out, uh, I'd made only 35 runs, but I had uh, uh, seven or eight fours in that. And uh, I was delighted because my, my favorite shots were the cover drive and square card that I got fours of them and my home crowd could, gave me standing ovation. Every four that went, the, all the stands erupted and it, it was a great sense of feeling being at home, your own spectators, they appreciate your shots and uh, gave you all that support. Now, um, I continue to go for runs um, and between Umrigar and I, we had a partnership about 90 runs. Yeah. Um, I don't know about 90-something, yeah. right? And um, uh, in enforcing the game and trying to this thing, I got out. But I was okay. I mean, this was my instruction. I was asked to uh, force the pace, which I did, and uh, I got back. Then what happened, which, which was a bit, what happened was by then Umriga had moved uh, to his uh, 70s or something. So the captain couldn't declare because he was in his 70s. He wanted to wait for, for him to score 100. And as you can imagine, everybody, as they get near 100, it gets slower. Uh, you're more careful, you're more this thing. So it went on and on and on. I said to myself, why did I go and get out? <laughs> no, I could have, I could have played like uh, Polly Obriga. Uh, I might have made a few more runs, uh, not just got out for 35. If I knew uh, that uh, declaration was not around the corner, uh, maybe I could have made some runs too. So I was a bit uh, disappointed that um, I forced the uh, thing and I, in forcing I got out. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, uh, he finally got a hundred and then the declaration came in and so on and so forth. Um, um, so, uh, well, it was there but uh, it, did, it did make a great deal of uh, you know, concern or anything like that. Well, well as, as I said, when we won the match, everything else goes yeah, out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and how, because these days, you know, the celebrations uh, tend to be a lot more opulent uh, for victories uh, and criticism is uh, meted out in equal measure. But how was, uh, you know, the, 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 what was the magnitude of celebration at the time within the team? Uh, <laughs> Good question. Um, we won the match, we went back, we went to the dressing room and everybody said well done. 
and that was the and celebration. Um, uh, and we all went back home. You see, you see, two things that happened in those days. Uh, teams did not stay together. They never stayed together. In fact, one or two people have asked me, uh, what was your strategy uh, to beat England? I said, strategy? There's no such thing in our time. There were no coaches for batting or fielding or bowling or anything like that. Captain was everything. He decided what he's going to do, when he's going to declare. Uh, he, he was the one who decided everything. Then, in fact, people don't believe it. At that time, the teams were not together. Okay. Each one was billeted into somebody's home. I mean, okay, I was at home here, but every other player, Indian player, and the English players, were staying in different people's homes. We only met about an hour and a half before the game at the ground. So, there was no question of strategy, there's no question of celebration, there's no question of... And, uh, and so there was nothing like that. Plus, I'll tell you something, the other thing that struck me nowadays was in those days, um, we were taught or we have told um, by... We were never demonstrative. You don't show your feelings outside. You see, today, Somebody takes a simple catch. The whole team goes and hugs him and kisses him and lifts him and everything else. Nothing like that would ever happen. So no. what happened when you took the winning catch exactly? Do you do Nothing that? happened. Everybody clapped and that was that. Yeah. I, I mean, you see, those days we were, we were, uh, we, we, our thoughts were, that's your job. That's what you're there for. Okay. You know, if somebody held a very brilliant catch, something, somebody will say, well held. Captain might say, well held, or some player who's standing nearby, say, good catch, well held. Yeah. That was, we, today, in every, I mean, human beings, I mean, football, chap scores a goal, what happens? He's running around the field like a mad chap, everybody going and hugging, they fall over him, I almost kill him, uh, you know. We were, we, the, the whole, this thing was, you don't show your inner feelings to the uh, uh, rest of the world. You hold it inside you, and you, you don't demonstrate for... Well, I, I'm not saying whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Okay, maybe, maybe, it's a good thing, maybe. But, uh, so even your appreciation or even your celebration, to never, uh, it's not like today's champagne and everything else. No such thing ever happened these days. I mean, um, but I would say this of even... Uh, 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 English teams and so on. They probably celebrated. I'm not saying they didn't celebrate. But this outside show of uh, uh, celebration was never there. It was, it was at a very low key. Uh, uh, you know, somebody bowled a brilliant ball, somebody said, well, bowled. That was the appreciation you would get. Nothing beyond that. So that was the order of the day. After you know uh, your time, you uh, obviously were the, the manager of the uh, when India toured England in '79. Yes, sir. that was yeah. uh, also a very memorable scene, especially the last Test at Oval, where you know Gavaskar scored a double. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and we almost won. Almost the, won the match. Yeah. So what are your reflections? Yeah. From it, it was great. We 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 uh, we never thought we'll go that far. Okay, 
we we been shot by a few runs, I think 20 runs or 30 yeah. runs or something. But uh, but that was a great uh, batting by Gavaskar Sunil, um, and uh, uh, right through he batted uh, with the tail and his everything. And uh, in fact, almost at one point we thought we were going to win the match. It was a great victory. It was a great performance by him, and and to make 400 runs in the last day is something. That's why I'm so appreciative of this match in Australia. They made what 300 and yeah, in one day on the last day is a great achievement. Correct. So, 20 years. Have passed since uh, your retirement. You are now the manager of the Indian team in, in the 70s. You spoke about how uh, back in the 50s India entered a tournament or a series as an underdog. So by the time the Gavaskars and, and you know the Kapil Devs and, and the, basically the batch of 80s yeah. that would go on yeah. to win the World Cup yeah. had, had come in, did you feel that mindset change a little? Like, did you feel? You see, by by 79 we went for the World Cup. Uh, to be honest, for us. The strategy for uh, uh, 50, we hadn't evolved it at that time. Uh, England had started playing uh, one-day cricket earlier. Other countries started. We uh, um, did not quite uh, understand uh, how. So we were uh, in that kind of game. I think 50 overs or 60 overs. I can't. Yeah, 60 overs. We, uh, our plans or how to handle the 60 overs, what to do. We felt you got to go and hit everything. Okay. Uh, sixers and fours for the order of the day. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I I remember very well a couple of places. I I, uh, I was trying to impress on the team that rather than trying to hit out like that, uh, we would achieve better results. If we attempted one run every ball, you see, uh, when this field is spread out to hit like that, and every hit like that was a risk taken. Uh, you might hit two sixes and then you get out. Yeah. But taking one run by placing it here, there, there, you get four, five runs in an over. Plus, you'll get the odd bad ball which you can always hit for a four or six or whatever it is. But I was trying to um, make the players understand that instead of defending it, defend it in such a way. Push it here where there's no man, or push it there. If the man is far away, just push it slowly and take a run. Yeah. One run a ball would be uh, a, a better way of achieving results. So, in fact, I got the permission from some of the grounds to have a mock thing for us on the off day. And I would get the team to practice this concept of one run a ball. We ourselves will put the field ourselves and batsman. Now you you try and get one run a ball, and I'll tell the bowler you stop him from getting one run a ball. You don't like that. We did. So for us, one day cricket was not very. We were still learning. An amazing 83 we go in minute. 79. Uh, we didn't have much of a, an idea how to play that game, and um, uh, so, and then we played half a half a tour. Um, I can't remember exactly what we did, but we didn't do all that well either.
Yeah, it was it was quite obviously it was hard work for a manager in England. Uh, uh, when uh, foreign teams come here uh, to India, we appoint local managers for them. So the 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 foreign the manager of the team had he had to call the local manager and say I want a dentist day after tomorrow it'll be produced. But in England, you are completely on your own. The manager has to handle publicity, journals, press, finance, transport, hotel, um, everything on his own. Okay. It was real hard work. I, I never realized because when they come as managers here, yeah, it's very cool. Call the manager and say, so-and-so is not well taken, uh, you know, let him see a doctor. Uh, there, you had to take him to a doctor. You had to take him to a hospital. Okay. Everything. Uh, the individual managers will have to do. Not only the one day, even the series, yeah. uh, it was tough work. Yeah, Correct. I needed a lot of rest when I came back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, before uh, we wind up, sir, uh, observations of domestic cricket, you know, in India and in Tamil Nadu in particular, how has it evolved since you're playing this? Is it, you know, is, this, is it good? Has it gotten better? Is there still room for improvement? Of course, there's always scope for improvement, but what's your assessment? I think it's definitely got better. Uh, one of our earlier days, uh, we were uh, very prone to uh, uh, um, play fast bowling. And the main reason for that was because we had very few turf wickets. We played on matting. Matting is not a great uh, wicket to play for, uh, for a fast bowler to bowl on. And that too, when you went into jute mats to dead, uh, nothing would happen. And uh, uh, if you take uh, Madras, there were only two turf wickets in the whole of Madras. One was uh, uh, MCC and one was Christian College in Thambaram. All other matches were on matting wickets. And matting wickets doesn't sustain fast pace bowling. And because therefore pace bowlers didn't come up, and therefore our batsmen couldn't take face pace bowling. So when we went uh, uh, to play some uh, West Indian fast bowler like Gilchrist or something, we were all at sea. And, and, uh, uh, and uh, the other thing that, uh, so uh, slowly, this fact got to be uh, appreciated and more and more I'm talking the whole of the country before that well, Braybone Stadium had a grass wicket Bombay Gymkhana had a grass wicket nowhere else like this it was uh, I, I, my own view is as grass wickets came into the picture our fast bowlers had some chance of okay. and therefore our batting was able to cope with fast bowlers and what, what uh, one has to remember is, in that time, the big change in cricket, in fact, I quite often say this, that to compare a cricketer of 40s or 50s to a cricketer of today is very unfair. Because when I, we played cricket in the early days, uh, there was no such thing called a wicket being covered. All wickets were open through rain, through sun, through whatever happens. And uh, particularly in places like England, where it can rain for 15 minutes and stop. And the wicket gets wet and starts drying. 
And playing on that wicket is a different game altogether. And the wickets were never covered at night, nothing. So, uh, the big change in the game, in the, in the method, in the, in the uh, ability to play the game, was the change from uh, uh, uncovering of wickets, covered wickets. Now, it doesn't matter where it rains, three days before the match starts, the wickets are covered and the wicket itself is perfect. The other big difference is the helmets. We didn't have helmets. And on a wet wicket or a drying wicket to uh, face Truman or somebody is not, is not, a, not funny at all. From a good leg, the ball just comes into your face. So it, it, it was a totally, uh, uh, today, you're protected from head to foot. And uh, the confidence that you're not going to get your ball into your face it, it, it means a lot today. Before it was not like that. I mean, I mean you, you uh, uh, once I hooked the bouncer, I missed it, I, I got hit here, or the eye, or whatever. Uh, you know, everybody got hurt like that. I mean, so that made a big revolution in, our, uh, in batting. Uh, and uh, before that, for the, particularly Gilchrist and Hall and people like that. And, and, and uh, guys like Gilchrist will tell you, I'll see that you're carried in a stretcher. That's his taunting you. And he would. He would bowl not bouncers but beamers. And if you gave him the option of bowling somebody, getting their stumps out, or hitting you, he'd prefer to hit you. That was, uh, that was his pride, sort of, you know. I got him, I hit him here, you know, that kind of thing. So, those two things, a big change in cricket, uncovered wickets and protective gear. Thank you for listening to this episode. Subscribe to Sportstar Podcasts so you don't miss the other installments from this series. We catch up with the likes of Farooq Engineer, Karsan Gavri and many others. So subscribe and press that notification icon to keep up. Log on to www.sportstar.thehindu.com for our other podcasts and multimedia offerings. Stay safe, stay healthy. You're listening to Sports Star Podcasts. In this brand new series where we revisit some of India's most cherished cricketing victories, we start at the country's first ever win in Test cricket. In this episode, we go back 70 years to a historic moment at the MH Chidambaram Stadium in Chennai, where after 20 years and 24 Test matches, Vijay Hazare captained India to its first win in the format, beating England on February 10, 1952. Coimbatore Rao Dorekanna Gopinath is the only surviving member of that Indian side and he sat down for a freewheeling chat with sports stars Ayanacharya, taking us back in time to his own challenges in making it to the Indian test team, that memorable win and how Indian cricket itself changed thereafter. I'd like to begin this interview on a slightly retrospective note. It's been seven decades now since India beat England yeah, uh, here at yeah. Chepok. 
Indian cricket, as we know it, has uh, made giant strides since then, both on and off the field. So, if you were to assess the achievement of you and your team in 52, through the prism of Indian cricket now, how would you do that? I would, um, I would uh, put it this way. Um, um, when we went into a test match at, at, in those days, um, we even as players didn't have a great expectation about how we are going to fare. In the sense, uh, we would quite often say, if we can draw the match, we are, it's great for us. Uh, because we, are we were at that time definitely underdogs. And uh, we didn't have the confidence or the courage to say, we will beat these people, and particularly England, because uh, they were, uh, they were, um, uh, I mean, they'd, they'd played a hundred years before that, yeah. and uh, they knew the game, they knew the uh, way it's played. For us, okay, we had learned from them when they came in, but the big difference is uh, in 52, when we won that match, even to us, it was a great surprise. And therefore, it was so much, um, uh, uh, we were so excited and happy that we achieved something. And probably for the first time, we said, yeah, we can beat another team, another team that's stronger than us. Um, so there was a new way of thinking. Um, in this connection, I'll tell you, some time ago, this is a few years ago, seven or eight years yeah. ago, uh, somebody from England rang me up from there and they wanted to uh, come here, bring a team from there and do a documentary or uh, this thing, a uh, movie sort of documentary yeah. of that test match. Okay. So I said, I said, uh, I mean, surely you're not going to come here to do one test match. Yeah. I mean, uh, either a series or a... They said, no, no, no. I said, what is, what is your... They said, no. We regard this match as the turning point of Indian cricket history. That's the way they put it to me. And so for us, that is the turning point. Yeah. And so we wanted to do that particular test. And in fact, uh, in a rather uh, amusing note, I, I said, who are the others you're going to interview? They said, no, there's nobody else left uh, from that team. So you're the only one. Oh, I said, in that case, it's great because I can say anything I want. There'll be no contradictions on whatever I say. Anyway, um, so what I'm saying is, uh, as they put it, which I didn't think of at the time, they considered that as the turning point of uh, Indian cricket. Because, and frankly, I think it was because for us to sense a feeling that we can beat somebody like England uh, was a great feeling of confidence and uh, feeling saying, yeah, we can also do this. Right. Up to then, uh, wherever we went, wherever we played, we were, okay, we started the match, we walked into the game as a losing side. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that, is, that is one thing. Um, the other, other thing was, what is compared to now and then is, uh, if you if you look at it honestly, yeah. um, 
uh, in those days, in my time and before my time and so on, uh, we had great cricketers. But frankly, from what I've gathered from older cricketers, like Lala Manath and various people, was we never played as a team. We were, okay, look at it in one way, we, uh, our country um, comprises of, uh, uh, in the old days before the British came in, several, several smaller uh, pockets. And uh, for instance, you tell me, what is common between uh, a man from Punjab and a man from Kerala? Nothing. Yeah. He doesn't wear the same kind of dress. He doesn't uh, have the same kind of food. He doesn't uh, speak the same language. Um, he doesn't even think on the same kind of lines. So we were like a, uh, you know, we could never imagine that this is our country. I mean, this was virtually brought in at a later date. Yeah. And frankly, uh, after our independence, 47, even when I went, when we played this 52 and all that, it was very difficult for anybody to, we always had our uh, parochial, um, uh, you know, in fact, uh, I used to be called a madrasi, almost contentious, you know. Uh, like saying, why, why are you playing cricket? I mean, it's not your, you know. So, what I'm saying is, um, there was a bar, and it was only about five years after we got independence, yeah. Yeah. and we didn't get together as a team and as a side, or, or the, as a country. Yeah. So, it was a big difference. What I love to see now is that we play as a country. Um, okay. In many areas of uh, business or uh, various other things, we are still uh, divided. And um, but but luckily, I would say, sport seems to have brought us together. And uh, today, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could not imagine that in in the 50s or early 60s, somebody like Dhoni can come into the picture and captain this country. It was, it was unimaginable. But now we have done this and we, every nook and corner of India, no matter which strata of society they come from, they are there. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw this last test match in, uh, in, uh, uh, in Australia. I mean, boys from little village in Tamil Nadu, a chap from Hyderabad, unknown, different strata in life, all together. Yeah. So we have, at least in sport, we have grown into one country, which is a great sense of, uh, I think I'm so glad about it. Because, as I said, uh, we, in the past, we went, we, you know, we, 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 we had lovely cricketers, we had great, uh, you see, we were naturally uh, 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 quick on our feet, um, unlike, uh, unlike the English. Yeah. English was slow. Uh, we were quick on our feet. We had enough uh, up here, yeah. grey matter, to be able to cope with things and so on. Uh, but we never played together. Yeah. That was our biggest bane. And in fact, 
I can tell you, when I went to England in 52, um, I, was, we were, I was one of 16. And uh, I was uh, 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 the only chap in the team who did not speak Hindi. I didn't know a word of Hindi. And uh, it was a big handicap because you, you went to England, you met, we spent six months there. Um, and uh, I was almost sort of told in no uncertain terms, you, you better learn Hindi. And now sometimes I think about it and I laugh about it. I refuse at that time. I said, I have no intention of learning this language. And we are still politically fighting the same battle today after 70 years. <laughs> you know. So what I'm saying is, we, we were, we were a different people picked up from there and go as a team. Yeah. We're not a team. Um, and uh, uh, particularly South India was in a bad position where that was concerned. Okay, um, that's the way life is and that's the way the country evoked and uh, it took a long time. But I'm so glad that before even the political or the systems or the language of people, in sport at least, we, we have come together. Today I would strongly say we are one team, we are one country, uh, which I couldn't say at the time I was playing. So I think it's a great sense of achievement even from a national point of view. You made a very pertinent point about uh, you know, not playing as a team back then. Uh, there's this perception of cricket, of sport for that matter, being a great unifier, bringing all state of the society together. Uh, from every nook and corner, as you correctly pointed out. Uh, I'm curious to know what was the response of the country to this uh, win? And I, I'm going backwards here, we'll talk about the match, but how did the country respond to this win? Did you feel that the nation was unified? Because it was significant on two accounts, as you mentioned, five years after independence, and we had beaten our colonial oppressors, so to speak. Yeah, it, 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 it was, well, uh, as a nation itself, uh, we could we could only think in terms of uh, our state Tamils were Tamils yeah. they wanted Tamil people uh, uh, Maharashtra wanted Maharashtrians mm. and uh, 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 Maharashtra was the uh, dominating state at that time mm. and if they could have all 11 from there they would be very would have been very happy mm. so uh, but the nation uh, was aware of this um, uh, in fact, uh, since you raised this question, um, uh, the first time uh, I got picked, to, I played an unofficial test in Kanpur uh, against the second Commonwealth team. And um, uh, I was nowhere uh, in the picture at the time. I got picked for the All India University, Combined Universities, to play the visiting uh, Commonwealth team in Calcutta. Uh, I made 93 runs there. Then they came to Chennai, Madras at that time. Those days they, they played Governor's 11. So I made 85 runs. I was not in the test reckoning. And a lot of scribes, a lot of press report, journals, who traveled with the team who came from England, uh, including the manager of the team, uh, George Duckworth. In fact, he was writing for the Sporting Pastor okay. at that time, a weekly column and all that. Um, uh, in fact, 
uh, he had written, I mean, it was the headlines in the uh, sport and pastime, after watching me in Calcutta and Madras, the best exponent of the square cut in India, is what George Duckworth had written, uh, because I got a lot of runs off uh, that. Now, um, so um, it, it was a, and I, I was not in the test team, and there were a lot of write-ups and saying he's India's uh, standards and he should be in the test side. And why I'm saying this is one uh, English uh, journalist wrote and said, um, uh, we understand that so long as it is in Madras, he won't get a chance to play for India. We would suggest that he moves to Bombay to get picked for India. I mean, so you can imagine how the perception was that unless you lived there, you're not going to get a fair uh, trial or fair uh, pick. So, and this was, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was not a secret, it was open, everybody said, um, no, no, no. In fact, some friends of mine said, why don't you move to Bombay? But then, you say, okay, everything at that time, uh, um, uh, I mean, I had done my graduation, my master's. Cricket was not everything for me. Um, uh, cricket was a sport for me. I enjoyed playing, I loved playing the game. And uh, I played for sport. So I was going to shift myself somewhere just to get picked for, you know. It. So with all that pressure, I got picked for the last test in Kanpur. Okay. Yeah. There also, I did quite well. Mind you, Every one of these matches, I was number eight. Uh, and in, in Kanpur, in the test match, I got a 66 not out. I had a, uh, a partnership with Mushtaq Ali. And, uh, but then, you see, when you're batting at number eight, there are only two situations that are facing you. One is 350 runs for six, in which case declaration is around the corner. And what you are going to do, like what happened in, in Madras at the time, this test that we... Uh, so you have to get on with it. And in any case, you are batting with number 9 and number 10 and number 11. So you haven't got much of a hope. Or uh, the side has collapsed and you are 134 6. And you are struggling to just keep, keep the inning going. Again with tailenders. So... I, I, uh, that test match in Kanpur, I got 66 not out. So I'd virtually, um, in fact, frankly, if you ask me, uh, uh, up to that time, uh, in my own mind, um, uh, how do you play the international bowlers and all that sort of thing? The first time it dawned on me, yeah, I can handle this. Okay, uh, Sunny Ramadin was a mystery bowler from West Indies. Um, there was Frank Worrell and various people. Um, so it, it, was a, it was a matter of, you know, um, where you came from. And uh, uh, from that point of view, today we are in a great situation where we, uh, at least in sport, at least in cricket, we play as a national side. And we are proud of playing for India. So that's, that's my comment on that. Moving on to the 1952 the test match, uh, what's and it's, it's been talked about every year. It's been, as uh, I mentioned earlier, almost 70 years now. So, uh, first things first, 
डू यू स्टिल गेट नोस्टैलजिक एन यूफोरिक अराउंड एनिवर्सरी और आफ्टर ऑल दिस वाइल इज द डे दैट सर्ट ऑफ यू नो कम्स इन गोज नो आई रिमेंबर दिस टेस्ट ऑल द टाइम बिकॉज एज आई से ऑन द लास्ट डे आई टूक द लास्ट कैच near the boundary line just in front of the mcc pavilion uh which brought us victory uh to me i i say to me uh, i'm so grateful that i had this opportunity to do that and uh again um i mean the first test victory and to be part of that whether you played a bigger role or a smaller role or whatever you did uh i, I mean it's something i i can I would consider my highlight sort of yeah. thing. Not that I scored a lot of runs, but uh, uh, just to participate in it was a great feeling. And uh, I've got pictures of all, uh, you know, a lot of this um, in my Kunu house. Okay. And uh, every time I see, I, I think, oh my God, that test, you know. So uh, it's it's heartwarming. Uh, I was. Uh, while researching for this particular interview i came upon this trivia about you being the youngest member of that squad is is that correct uh yeah i think so yeah. i think you are right so, so, i think you are so right these days uh, you know there's a lot of talk about dressing room atmosphere and the camaraderie between senior guys and the, the junior guys so uh, what was it like for you to you know share the dressing room with the likes of say lala mannath and vinu mankar i mean for me people like lala mannath and uh, uh bushta kali were like idols um, you know that you only watched on uh, uh, from far away and you only heard about their achievements on the radio now we didn't have television yeah. at the time uh, to me they were like semi gods i mean you know and to be honest um i've been very lucky uh, i i never um uh, from the time i started playing cricket i never at any point of time said i want to play for india mm. that thought didn't even enter my head mm. i played cricket because i enjoyed that game um uh, a lot of people don't believe it i never played cricket till i was 17 okay. uh i played hockey i played football i played tennis i never played cricket uh it's a kind of a strange um thing that happened i joined madras christian college in tambaram yeah. i was a boarding uh, i was in boarding there i they they have a halls and i was in one of the halls and i i was playing tennis those days. i was still playing tennis for the college okay. and early when i joined as a junior uh, i joined the bsc in physics yeah. um it just so happened uh all the college team cricketers including the captain were all in my hall okay. and um one day fell in the beginning of the season the captain said to me uh come to the nets this evening i said for what he said to the cricket nets i said i can't play cricket i i've never played cricket i i'm not going to no 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 you come of course those days in boarding places and all that if a senior tells you you jolly well do it otherwise you are in trouble so i went to the nets uh they put on gloves for me put on pads for me i knew the game i used to follow the game i understood the game they used to put me behind the wickets and say you stop every ball that passes the batsman 
that's how I started when I was 17. And um, it just so happened. I, I didn't get picked because I was good enough. I got picked because the whole college didn't have another wicketkeeper. There was nobody to keep wickets. So they had to find some guy who would be willing to do this. So that's what I did. And um, uh, those days we played intercollegiate matches among all the colleges in Chennai. Um, one or two matches, uh, the opening batsman was failing very badly. They were making zero and single digit scores. So the third match, the captain said, you go opening. I said, look, I'm terrified. I don't know how to play the old ball. How am I going to play the handle the new ball? I, 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 I can't. I've never tried. I've never... No, no, no. You put on pads, you go, you go opening. As luck could have it, I made some 70 runs. Don't ask me how I made, because I didn't know the basics. I didn't know... I don't think those, at that time I uh, was uh, understood the basics, the fundamental things that you had to do. Because probably I had good eyesight and fairly quick reflexes, I managed to good. And uh, so I was next match again opening batsman. I scored another 60 runs and I became college opening batsman. That, that's how I entered cricket. So I, I was not, I was not, uh, and uh, to be honest, as I said, I, I didn't have a goal, or I didn't say, like today you would say, I want to play for India, I want to do this. I didn't have such a goal, because uh, at that time, uh, you wanted to play sport. I played hockey in school, football in school, I played cricket, and cricket was a fascinating game, I played cricket. And that's how I got into the cricket side, and a lot of people don't believe that um, uh, I, I played my first test match when I was 20. I started at 17, and I, I myself don't know. But in the, in the interim, I got coached by um, uh, uh, an Englishman from Sussex, uh, Bert Wensley. Uh, but I made a lot of runs. They sent me, selected me for being coached. And uh, I would go from the college I used to get permission to uh, uh, be absent for the last uh, uh, class. I would put on my cricket boots in Thambram and go up to the station, go by train to Egmore, get off the train and take a bus to B.S. Nets in Chepak, where Bert Wensley was a coach. He taught me how to play cricket. Till then, I was scoring runs. I did. I was even picked for the. Uh, the Chennai Madras University, I played against Sri Lanka, I made 90 odd runs. I was scoring runs, but nothing, not in the right, correct way, not technically sound. He put me into a situation, he taught me how to play cricket. And uh, then I was able to, with the other knowledge, and with uh, he teaching me how to play cricket, I learned how to play cricket. It was. Uh, 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 so as I say, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, have a name, I didn't have a plan, I didn't have a... I kept playing. And because I kept scoring, I got picked various places, that's all. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating, the, the journey that you just mentioned in terms of, you know, not just how you started playing, but the, the whole process of strapping up your boots, taking a train to chip off and getting trained there. And that's, uh, you know, for those who follow the sport, that's... That's part of the romance of cricket, so to speak, right? the journey of a player, the journey of a team. So, uh, 
and ergo uh, how would you describe chennai's evolution or madras then as as a host city uh, because a few matches that were played at the corporation ground to chepok then came along today cricket discussions revolve around chepok so how have you seen this city and the sport group now i would say um yeah in later on after i words i was uh, 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 a member of uh, the mcc i was secretary of the club for uh, i don't know how many years 5 6 7 years i was president of the club also so and i played every sunday i played there so i know the ground very well and uh, i would say it was one of the best grounds to play for both the bowler and the batsman it was it was a uh it it gave an opportunity for both to do well and um and as far as the chennai spectator was concerned yeah. he was the most knowledgeable yeah. spectator in the country yeah, and i'm sorry to interrupt but this is this is a, a, an oft used phrase the knowledgeable chennai crowd and uh, you know for those of us who grown up watching cricket in 90s uh, we hear about uh, the spectators here cheering the pakistan team for you know their good quality of cricket so Has 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 it always been the case throughout the fifties and sixties? It's 16? always been the case. The whole country knew that when you go to Chennai, uh, you know, one the Chennai spectator understood the game, yeah. not many others. Why is that? Though? Why do you think? I don't know. I I I don't know what it is. Whether um, uh, even even at those days the home of cricket was Bombay. Yeah. But I I. I Uh, I wouldn't uh, put them ahead of Chennai as far as understanding and appreciating the game. Um, uh, the Chennai spectator knew if you if you uh, defended for four overs, he won't boo you because he knows and he understands why you're doing that. Not many places can uh, boast of that kind of understanding of the game. Uh, uh, the people of uh, Chennai. it's it's uh, you can ask any cricketer over the last 50 years he'll tell you chennai spectator is the most uh, uh, person who knows understands and appreciates the game plus probably a other reason would be that uh, you know i would somebody would say i'm being very parochial but tamil nadu the person in tamil nadu is a very hospitable chap um he appreciates something good from anybody he doesn't say i want only a, a local guy to score i mean he will appreciate anybody if the performance is good he understands the performance and he will openly uh, 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 show his appreciation for something that is good another uh, city that will come somewhere nearby is calcutta the bengali spectator uh, loves the game uh, appreciates the game and would appreciate a performance by anybody in the country without feeling he is a bengali or is an owner but yeah. so i won't say the same thing for many other parts of the country you but, but the, and i am a bengali so i'm curious to know this uh, will a bengali crowd come close to the knowledgeable chennai crowd or does chennai still make the cut i i would say uh, i would say understanding of the game chennai crowd is uh, yeah but what i'm trying to say is the bengali uh, people that i've uh, come across uh, they are they are they they don't care where you come from if they see some good performance 
whether it's cricket, it's music or uh, uh, art or whatever it is, they appreciate it. They don't say, oh, you, you're not a local person, therefore uh, they understand. But the rest of the country, I wouldn't take, I mean, um, uh, if I were to score a hundred in any other part of the country, I get a very reluctant across. Okay. Right. But Calcutta, I love playing in Calcutta. One is Eden Gardens, beautiful ground, and uh, I've made runs there. So the first match, as I told you, I played there for the Combined Universe, made 93. After that, a Calcutta spectator, I could do anything. Yeah. But I was their darling. Yeah. You know, I could do anything. I could get out first ball, they would still uh, support me. Because of that one inning, that first, first test I played, I played my, uh, uh, not first test, I played the combined, I played other tests and I played my last test yeah. in Calcutta against the Australians. Mm. Uh, they're also okay under difficult conditions. Uh, I top scored with uh, 40 runs or something in a total of 130 or something like that. But Calcutta, uh, uh, I love to play in Calcutta. Uh, because they were they were very hospitable, very understanding, and very appreciative. And I would say, um, uh, uh, but as far as the knowledge of the game, I don't know how or why. Yeah. Whether uh, I would say Madras was the and every even the even the foreign visiting teams who understood that, knew about that. Yeah, that should remain a mystery, I guess. But right, so uh, I couldn't help but notice. That you've been belting out numbers throughout the interview, you know, about your, your last test, your, your scores. What, how do you remember? Because a lot of people, they don't remember the, you know, the exact figures and it's, it's been a while since you've you know, stopped playing. So what is it? Do you, do you still read about your performances? Or? Not really. Um, some of the, these things appear to stay in my head. I mean, um, not that I uh, look it up or anything like that. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to say exactly this score or that score, but by and large, I'll, I rem and uh, uh, to me, all these things when I talk about it, I almost live in that at that time. It comes back, and it comes back. What happens? Why? What happened? Uh, sometimes great sense of glee, sometimes a bit sorry, sometimes you know. Um, uh, but I just just it just is in my head. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, Mind you, a lot of uh, other things that, uh, that I shouldn't be having in my head doesn't go off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to the 15 test match here, apart from you taking the winning catch in India beating England, is there any particular uh, moment, anecdote that stayed with you that sort of you know continues to move you? Uh, yes, uh, we batted first, yeah. and we I think we made some 400, 400 and something runs. Uh, I was number eight. And um, uh, as I, just before, by the time I went, we were about 330 or something like that. Um, uh, when I went in, uh, the captain very clearly told me that um, I'm planning to uh, declare soon. Go there and score as fast as you can. That was my uh, direction. Uh, uh, instructions was to go and get on with it and score as many runs as possible because I'm going to declare very soon. Uh, so when I went in, uh, Umbriga was batting. Uh, we both, I, so I, I went in, uh, started uh, uh, trying to really force the pace. Uh, 
And uh, by, when I got out, uh, I'd made only 35 runs, but I had uh, uh, seven or eight fours in that. And uh, I was delighted because my, my favorite shots were the cover drive and square card. And I got fours off them. And my home crowd could, gave me standing ovation. Every four that went, the, all the stands erupted. And it, it was a great sense of feeling, being at home, your own spectators, they appreciate your shots and gave you all that support. Now, um, I continue to go for runs. Um, and between Umriger and I, we had a partnership about 90 runs. Yeah. Um, I don't know about 90-something yeah. runs. Right? And um, uh, in enforcing the game and trying to this thing, I got out. But I was OK. I mean, this was my instruction. I was asked to uh, force the pace, which I did. And uh, I got back. Then what happened, which, which was a bit, what happened was by then Umriga had moved uh, to his uh, 70s or something. So the captain couldn't declare because he was in his 70s. He wanted to wait for, for him to score 100. And as you can imagine, everybody as they get near 100, it gets slower. Uh, you're more careful, you're more this thing. So it went on and on and on. I said to myself, why did I go and get out? <laughs> no, I could have, I could have yeah. played yeah. like uh, Paul Umriga. Uh, I might have made a few more runs, uh, not just got out for 35. If I knew uh, that uh, declaration was not around the corner, uh, maybe I could have made some runs too. So I was a bit uh, disappointed that um, I forced the uh, thing and I, in forcing, I got out. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, uh, he finally got a hundred and then the declaration came in and so on and so forth. Um, um, so, uh, well, it was there, but uh, it did it didn't make a great deal of uh, you know, concern or anything like that. Well, as, as I said, when we won the match, everything else goes yeah. out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and how, because these days, you know, the celebrations uh, tend to be a lot more opulent. Uh, for, for victories uh, and criticism is uh, meted out in equal measure but how is uh, you know the, 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 what was the magnitude of celebration at the time within the team uh, <laughs> good question um, we won the match we went back we went to the dressing room and everybody said well done and that was the and celebration um, uh, and we all went back home. You see, you see, two things that happened. In those days, uh, teams did not stay together. Okay. They never stayed together. In fact, one or two people have asked me, uh, what was your strategy uh, to beat England? Yeah. I said, strategy? There's no such thing in our time. There were no coaches for batting or fielding or bowling or anything like that. Captain was everything. He decided what he is going to do, when he is going to declare. Uh, he, he was the one who decided everything. Then, in fact, people don't believe it. At that time, the teams were not together. Okay. Each one was billeted into somebody's home. I mean, okay, I was at home here, but every other player, Indian player, and the English players, were staying in different people's homes. You only met 
about an hour and a half before the game at the ground. So there is no question of strategy. There is no question of celebration. There is no question of, and uh, and so there was nothing like that. Plus, I'll tell you something. The other thing that struck me nowadays was in those days um, we were taught or we have told um, by we were never demonstrative. You don't show your feelings outside. You see, today somebody takes a simple catch, the whole team goes and hugs him and kisses him and lifts him and everything else. Nothing like that would ever happen. So no. what happened when you took the winning catch exactly? Do you, do Nothing you... happened, everybody clapped and that was that. No. I, I mean, you see, those days we were, we were, uh, we, we, our thoughts were, that's your job, that's what you're there for. Okay. You know, if somebody held a very brilliant catch, something, somebody will say, well held. Captain might say, well held, or some player who's standing nearby, it's a good catch, well held. That was, we, today, in every, I mean, human beings, I mean, football, chap scores a goal, what happens? He's running around the field like a mad chap. Everybody going and hugging. They fall over him, I almost kill him, uh, you know. We were, we, the, the whole, this thing was, you don't show your inner feelings to the uh, uh, rest of the world. You hold it inside you, and you, you don't demonstrate for... Well, I, I'm not saying whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe, it's a good thing, maybe. But, uh, so even your appreciation or even your celebration, you never, uh, it's not like today's champagne and everything else. No such thing ever happened these days. I mean, um, but I would say this of even uh, uh, English teams and so on, they probably celebrated. I'm not saying they didn't celebrate. But this outside show of uh, uh, celebration was never there. It was, it was at a very low key. Uh, uh, you know, somebody bowled a brilliant ball, somebody will say well bowled. That was the appreciation you would get, mm. nothing beyond that. Okay. So that was the order of the day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, sir, after, you know, uh, your time, you uh, obviously were the, the manager of the, uh, when India toured England in 79. Yes, sir. That was yeah. uh, also a very memorable scene, especially the last test at Oval. Where you know Gauss scored a double, yeah, yeah. So, and and we almost won. The almost match. won the match. Yeah. What are your reflections? Yeah. From it, it was great. We 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 uh, we never thought we'll go that far. Okay. We we been shot by a few runs. I think 20 runs or 30 yeah. runs or something. But uh, but that was a great uh, batting by Gavaskar Sunil, um, and uh, uh, right through he batted uh, with the tail and his everything. And uh, in fact, almost at one point, we thought we were going to win the match. Uh, it, it was a great, uh, it was a great uh, performance by him, and um, uh, and to make 400 runs in the last day is something. That's why I, I'm so appreciative of this match in uh, Australia. They made what 300 and uh, yeah, uh, in one day on the last day is a great achievement. So, 20 years uh, uh, have passed since uh, your retirement. You are now the manager of the Indian team in, in the 70s. You spoke about how uh, back in the 50s, India entered a tournament or a series as an underdog. 
so by the time the Gavaskars and, and you know the Kapil Devs and, and the basically the batch of 80s yeah. that would go on yeah. to win the World Cup yeah. had had come in, did you feel that mindset? change a little? Like, did you feel you see, by, by 79 we went for the World Cup. Uh, to be honest, for us, the strategy for uh, uh, 50 over, we hadn't evolved it at that time. Uh, England had started playing uh, one day cricket earlier, other countries started. We uh, uh, did not quite uh, understand uh, how, so we were uh, in that kind of game, I think 50 overs or 60 overs, I can't yeah, 60 overs. 60 overs. We, uh, our plans or how to handle the 60 overs, what to do, we felt you got to go and hit everything. Okay. Uh, sixers and fours were the order of the day. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I, I remember very well a couple of places I, I, uh, I was trying to impress on the team that rather than trying to hit out like that, uh, we would achieve better results if we attempted one run every ball. You see, uh, when this field is spread out to hit like that, and every hit like that was a risk taken. Uh, you might hit two sixes and then you get out. Yeah. But taking one run by placing it here, there, there, you get four or five runs in an over. Plus, You'll get the odd bad ball, which you can always hit for a four or six or whatever it is. But I was trying to um, make the players understand that instead of defending it, defend it in such a way. Push it here where there's no man or push it there. If the man is far away, just push it sl slowly and take a run. Yeah. One run a ball would be uh, a, a better way of achieving results. So. In fact, I got the permission from some of the grounds to have a mock thing for us on the off day. And I would get the team to practice uh, this concept of one runner ball. Uh, we ourselves will put the field ourselves and batsmen. Now you, you try and get one runner ball. And uh, I, I tell the bowler, you stop him from getting one runner ball. You don't like that. We did. Um, so for us, uh, one day cricket was not very... Uh, we were still learning. An amazing 83, we go and win it. Yeah. 79, uh, we didn't have much of a, an idea how to play that game. And um, uh, so, and then we played half a, half a tour. Um, I can't remember exactly what we did, but we didn't do all that well either. Yeah, it was, it was quite honestly, it was hard work for a manager in England. Uh, uh, when uh, foreign teams come here uh, to India, we appoint local managers for them. So the 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 foreign the manager of the team had he had to call the local manager and say, "I want a dentist day after tomorrow. It'll be produced." But in England, you are completely on your own. The manager has to handle publicity, journals, press, finance transport, hotel, um, everything on his own. Okay. It was real hard work. I, I never realized because when they come as managers here, yeah, it's very cool. Call the manager and say, uh, so-and-so is not well taken, uh, you know, let him see a doctor. Uh, there, you had to take him to a doctor. You had to take him to a hospital. Okay. Everything uh, the individual managers will have to do. 
not only the one day, even the series. Yeah. Uh, it was tough work. Yeah, I needed a lot of rest when I came back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before uh, we wind up, sir, uh, observations of domestic cricket, you know, in India and in Tamil Nadu in particular, how has it evolved since your playing days? Is it, you know, is this, is it good? Has it gotten better? Is there still room for improvement? Of course, there's always scope for improvement, but what's your assessment? I think it's definitely got better. Uh, one of our earlier days, uh, we were uh, very prone to uh, uh, um, play fast bowling. And the main reason for that was because we had very few turf wickets. We played on matting. Matting is not a great uh, wicket to play for, uh, for a fast bowler to bowl on. And that too, when you went into jute mats to dead, uh, nothing would happen. And uh, uh, if you take uh, Madras, there were only two turf wickets in the whole of Madras. One was uh, uh, MCC and one was Christian College in Thambaram. All other matches were on matting wickets. And matting wickets doesn't sustain fast pace bowling. And because they, therefore pace bowlers didn't come up, and therefore our batsmen couldn't take face pace bowling. So when we went uh, uh, to play some uh, West Indian fast bowler like Gilchrist or something, we were all at sea. And, and, uh, uh, and uh, the other thing that, uh, so uh, slowly, this fact got to be uh, appreciated and more and more, I'm talking the whole of the country. Before that, Braybone Stadium had a grass wicket, Bombay Gymkhana had a grass wicket, nowhere else. Like this, it was, uh, I, I, my own view is, as grass wickets came into the picture, our fast bowlers had some chance of doing And therefore, our batting was able to cope with fast bowlers. And what, what uh, one has to remember is, in that time, the big change in cricket, in fact, I quite often say this, that to compare a cricketer of 40s or 50s to a cricketer of today is very unfair. Because when I, we played cricket in the early days, uh, there was no such thing called a wicket being covered. All wickets were open through rain, through sun, through whatever happens. And uh, particularly in places like England, where it can rain for 15 minutes and stop. And the wicket gets wet and starts drying. And playing on that wicket is a different game altogether. And the wickets were never covered at night, nothing. So, uh, the big change in the game, in the, in the method, in the, in the uh, ability to play the game, was a change from uh, uh, uncovering of wickets, covered wickets. Now it doesn't matter where it rains, three days before the match starts, the wickets are covered and the wicket itself is perfect. The other big difference is the helmets. We didn't have helmets. And on a wet wicket or a drying wicket, to uh, face Truman or somebody is not is not a, not funny at all. From a good leg, the ball just comes into your face. So it it, it was a totally uh, uh, today you are protected from head to foot, and uh, the confidence that you are not going to get your ball into your face 
it, it means a lot. Okay. Before it was not like that. I mean, you, you uh, uh, once I hooked a bouncer, I missed it. I, I got hit here, or the eye, or whatever. Uh, you know, everybody got hurt like that. I mean, so that made a big revolution in our, uh, in batting. Uh, and before that, for the, particularly Gilchrist and Hall and people like that, and 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 uh, guys like Gilchrist will tell you, I'll see that you're carried in a stretcher. That's his taunting you. And he would, he would bowl not bouncers but beamers. And if you gave him the option of bowling somebody getting their stumps out or hitting you, you'd prefer to hit you. That was. Yeah, that was his pride, sort of, you know, I got him, I hit him here, you know, that kind of thing. So, those two things, a big change in cricket, uncovered wickets and protective gear. Thank you for listening to this episode. Subscribe to Sports Star Podcasts so you don't miss the other installments from this series. We catch up with the likes of Farooq Engineer, Karsan Gavri and many others. So subscribe and press that notification icon to keep up. Log on to www.sportstar.thehindu.com for our other podcasts and multimedia offerings. Stay safe, stay healthy.